bulletin, you'll see the hands and feet sheet. If you've already filled one out, thank you. If you haven't, please do if you feel called to serve. Um, I believe that we're all called to do that in some fashion. We're supposed to give of our time and our talent and our treasure. And this is just something we will be comp- uh, putting together. I'll be working on it over the next couple of weeks while I'm out of town. Um, and then starting in August, we'll be uh, making some phone calls. Uh, if you signed up for King's Kids, Christy will have your information to be contacting you. Middle school, high school can go on to uh, Val for um, sponsorship there, just helping and different things in that vein. Um, all around, the, there's lots of different ways that you can serve God's kingdom in, the, in this place, but also in our community. And so if you're confused on how you can do that, come see me. I can help you come up with a lot of great ways that you can serve, even in your place of work, through your home, in a lot of different ways. So, um, will you pray with me? Um, I just need to calm down a little bit. So, uh, Heavenly Father, today you have filled me with the Holy Spirit beyond belief. Um, You brought me to tears twice already during this worship service. And I rely on you completely to give this message because I know it's your words coming out of my mouth. I submit it, I give it to you, I give my entirety to you, and just I give you permission to interrupt the sermon and give whatever one you want to give. I've worked as hard as I can on this, but I know it will change from what's on the paper. It always does. So I give it to you. I surrender it. It's yours. I know you know what the people need to hear today. And I just ask you to speak it loud and clear. And translate it, if I don't say it clearly, that they hear it the way their hearts are supposed to hear it and that their minds can interpret it and use it to serve you. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, sermon's over. Whew. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling today. It's amazing. It's so amazing. Last night I was at the concert and I saw, I'm a way out of order already, but um, I saw Nick uh, Voyacek. Thank you, Kelly, because I haven't been able to say it for a long time. There's certain words in the world that you can't say. Aluminum's a hard one too. But um, he's the gentleman that has no arms and no legs has a little, he calls it a chicken wing. It's like a foot with two, two toes. That's it. That's all he has. And he uses it to have reached over a million, half a million people for Christ. And we think about our limitations. And this sermon's supposed to be a, a wrap-up of the giving series that we did. Giving our time, talent, and treasure. Guess what? It is. But it's how we're going to serve how we're going to serve our Lord. And we think about the limitations that we have and how we may not be perfect. I'll guarantee one thing, we aren't. We are not perfect. Otherwise, if you're perfect, then Christ didn't need to come for you. And we know we all need Christ. But he took that and he's thankful that he at least has his chicken wing. Instead of focusing on what he didn't have. He did that for a while. When he was eight, he was still focused on how he didn't have arms, how he didn't have legs. And he does a lot of things in schools about bullying. And they say in that age group of our teens, 40% of suicides happen because of bullying. I was moved by that last night. I kept going, how can I get this guy to come to Gunnison tomorrow? He needs to do the sermon. You'd be here for a long time. I'm just saying, he went for it was just over an hour. But worth every minute of it. And he just, and he... Google him. Just Google him. It was amazing how he just understands how it all works. 
He understands, he gives us perspective because so many times we get caught up in what we don't have and why God won't answer our prayers. But he reminded me last night that no matter what God says no to, it's way bigger than I can ever conceive. His plan for my life is way bigger than the things I ever want. It's huge. It's amazing. And we can choose to follow or we can choose to fight the whole time. And I did that for a lot of years. I did that for a lot of years. I've told you before, I, I started looking at seminaries when I was 19. It took me until I was 44 to finally finish. I fought for a long time. I thought I knew what was best for my life. I thought I knew the way God wanted me to be and what he wanted me to do. And I was completely wrong. So, now we'll get into the sermon. Do you guys believe that the Bible is true? Perfect. Okay. If so, do you believe God created everything? And by everything, does he, does he, did he create you? And if he created you, and he knew you because you believe the Bible, he knew you before he even created the earth, he created you before he created the heavens, and he knew your entire life because he knows time, and all, all time, right? He still made you. He knew the mistakes you would make. He knew the places you would deviate from his plan for your life. And he still made you. That's gigantic. That is huge. That is a revelation that blows my mind. Because he knows. He knows me better than I know myself. And he knows the things I will do later that I won't be proud of. He knows the things I've done and he's forgiven me for. He's already forgiven me for the things, things I haven't even done yet. And he still chose to make me. So if he chose to make me, he didn't just put me here to take up space. I'm not just a carbon footprint. I have a purpose. I'm designed with a reason. And that's what we have to figure out. And we have to pray to God to help us to figure that out. And when we have that opportunity, opens doors for us, we have to be willing to submit to ourselves and then submit to him and walk through those doors. Walk through those opportunities he gives us and be very clear by reading the word and understanding his voice that we know what doors they are. It takes work to be a Christian and get it right. It's easy to accept Christ as your Savior. That's easy. Then the journey begins. That's when the new life starts. It doesn't start in heaven. It starts now. And that's when you have to go through and you have to become in relationship with Christ so you know him intimately. And so when the voices in your head are speaking to you, you can discern, is it myself? Is it God? Or is it Satan trying to knock me off, my, off the path that I'm supposed to be going on? I talked about paths during my ordination in December, and it's just the start. It's just the start. I'm sorry, I'm already getting dry. <coughs> you know, the series has been on giving, and I think that's the wrong word, because giving can, means that you own it. When you give something, you've owned it first. And giving by definition, I better look this up because it's dictionary.com. 
Giving is to present or deliver voluntarily something that is one's own to the permanent possession of another or others. We don't own anything. It's all God's. We don't own anything. It is all God's. We can try to. We can try and own things. And I can tell you lots and lots of stories about trying to own things and trying to make my own path and trying to make it my own way and then saying, hey, I'm doing this. Why aren't you blessing me? I'm following your rules. Why aren't you blessing me? That's not how this works. This week in the ePastor News, I, I quoted Joel Olstein, not knowing it was Joel Olstein. It was just J.O. On the, on the thing that I found. Then I was trying to find sources. I finally found it was Joel Olstein. And I know some people have an aversion to Joel Olstein because he has, uh, you know, blab it and grab it kind of prosperity ministry. But you know what? If our heart and our will is in the right place and we, we pray for it, it will come true. If our will is in the right place. But this quote is truth. I love this quote. If God were to show you all he has planned for you, it would boggle your mind. If you could see the doors he's going to open, the people he's going to bring across your path, the opportunities that are going to show up, you'd be amazed, excited, passionate. It would be easy to set your mind for victory. This is what faith is all about. You have to believe it before you see it. Right now, God's favor is surrounding you like a shield. Every setback was a setup for a greater comeback. Every disappointment, every bad break, every person that did you wrong was a, p- a part of the plan to get you to where you were supposed to be. Don't fall into that negative men- mentality, complacent, just taking whatever life comes your way. No, set your mind for victory, for success, for new levels. Enlarge your vision, make room for God to do something new. You haven't touched the surface of what He has in store. Find something to be grateful for. Go out expecting it to turn around, expecting new doors to open, expecting a breakthrough. Expecting God's word to come true in your life. Expecting it. You are worthy. You are worthy of what the Bible says. That is probably the biggest thing that people fall prey to. They don't don't think they're worthy. Why would God do that for me? You know, the, the, another stumbling block that we go up against when we're talking about giving, and I've done, I do financial counseling for people in the, in the church and through the community and different things too. The number one thing is, well, I just couldn't pay my bills if I give. So whose hands, who owns the money? Do we own the money? Yeah. In that situation, we own the money because we also own our bills and we own our things. But So, trust that God will fulfill. Now, I'm not saying he's going to give you the latest greatest. He may tell you, this is your amount of income, and now you've got to live in it. You may not get to go out to lunch every single day, or dinner, or breakfast, or every meal. You may have to actually cook to save money. Or you may not get to go on a family vacation every single year. That's just the cards you have. And everybody has a different deck of cards. But it's all his. So trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, and strength of someone or something. So make sure you're reading your Bible to know what those truths are. 
Because it's hard to believe in something if you don't know what it is. If you haven't experienced it, you don't know it really actually can believe in it. So you need to be in the Word. You need to be experiencing it. So fear is a big reason why we don't give of our time, of our talent, and of our treasure. Treasure is the easy one to see. That's an easy one to see. That's easy. Tithing's 10%. You cut a check, you know how much you make. Cut a check, give it. That's easy. Time is a big one. That's probably my most cherished thing I have, is time. Never understood it as a kid. But I, I cherish my time now. And there was an, I had an opportunity Friday morning where I did not want to give up my time. I got a call at 4.30 this uh, Friday morning. And somebody needed my help. And I did not want to give up my time. I was tired. And then I remembered what I'd written in the sermon. I kind of had to get up and go. And that it's what I chose to do. And you have that same opportunity. Just because I'm up here, just because I'm here, doesn't make me any different than you. You're going to have people in your life that are going to need you at times. And you're going to have to make that choice. Is this better? Is this going to glorify God? Not every time do you go when somebody requests your time. But you pray to find out if you should go. And I didn't go exactly at 4.30. It was like 4.45 by the time I finally submitted. So it took time. It was quick, but it was still long enough that I was, I sat back down on the bed thinking I was going back to sleep, and then I stood back up. But, you know, you have those opportunities. You're going to have those types of things that happen in your life. You know, a lot of times in my life, I feel like my life is about a B plus. I say this about, I see Angie and Lance here, and they do the HAP lab. And, you know, I've said that about my training and different things about, you know, I'm about a, I don't know, I think my life, I eat okay. I, I cheat a lot, but I eat okay. And I, you know, I train some and different things. And I think, okay, my, life, my fitness is about a B plus, is what my paradigm of that is. And so if you think your life's about a B plus, and you're doing okay with God, just imagine he might be sitting there going, oh, you, you think it's a B plus. Well, it's really a C. Might be a D. Who knows what the grade is? He might, but he's going, if you would just do these things, I could make, you, make your life even better. But we think, hey, I'm happy. I'm okay with this. I like my life. I like my house. I like my car. I like my whatever. And, you know, and hopefully it doesn't take big moments in our lives to wake us up. You know, I was thinking of Jonah this week. That was not, that was a big moment. Because he fought. And he lost, you know, a fish swallows him, spits him up on a shore, you know, where God wants him to be. It's not like he got to steer the whale or something, you know, or a big fish, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to make it happen. So, so in Jeremiah, we look at Jeremiah 29, 11. most people will know it, but for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I think in that scripture, a lot of times we get the word prosper wrong. We think of prosper in a monetary standpoint. Or we think about it as, oh, we're, we're never going to have trouble. But what Joel wrote on that other part is, those trials actually set you up to get to where you're supposed to be. So sometimes trials do happen in our lives to hone us, to get us ready for that next thing. 
you know. A lot of you also know, you know, Kelly and I struggled at one point. We almost got divorced. He uses it for divorce counseling now. We were restored because we decided to submit. Give God the reins, quit being selfish in our own marriage, and God restored it. Now guess what? That's what he uses it for. It's going to make it good. And it was tough, and it was ugly, and I never want to go through anything like that again, and I hope you hear me. She's out here. So <laughs> we should never have to because we've decided that we're not the center of it. But that's just, I mean, it, it was, oh, that was tor- terrible. But it's been 10 years, and I still think about it, that that could have been such a different life if I would have just been stubborn and not submitted. I would have had way less than a, than a C in that. You know, and so many times we look at other people I just said it a little bit ago. We look at other people and go, oh, if I was just like him or her, then God could use me. If I, if I had his knowledge or her knowledge or their time schedule or yada, yada, you can fill in the blank. Then God could use me. You remember what I said at the beginning? God created you. He allowed you to be born. You have a purpose. You just have to find it. Most of you probably already know it. It's just depending on if you're investing in it. Okay. Just trying to figure out which parts we're staying and which parts are going. This is getting long already. I'm just in the first paragraph. No. Um. <laughs> Luckily, it's in the outline. So. Um. You know, most of us live our lives in a form that we do stuff and then we ask God to bless what we've done. I know I'm guilty of it. I get so busy doing stuff that I forget to pray before I start doing it. And there's so many times in my life that I do. I, I get after something and then it's, the wheels come off a little bit and I pray, God, please help me fix this problem. You know? And I have to remember, I may not have been the one that was supposed to ever build the cart in the first place. So try and be more diligent about praying before acting. And I'm talking to me more than anybody. So many times I react without praying and just asking God will bless whatever I've done, whatever I've chosen to do, and not seek his guidance before I start. So hopefully you'll do that. You know, and, and we, we use a term in, in the church called intercession. That's where we pray for people. But intercession also means you're, you're interceding is when you pray for yourself as well. The definition is intercession is a prayer that pleads with God for your needs and the needs of others. So we intercede on our own behalf a lot when we pray for our own things that we need or we, we th- are thankful for, those kind of things. And naturally, I'm a fixer. That's what I do. I like to fix stuff. And um, sometimes I am the one that gets out of, out of sync. And so um, Jenny Lane actually say, uh, shared with me when I was dealing with some counseling recently um, from My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. I don't know if you guys have this, but it, every day there's a devotional in it, and it just rotates every year. You can read the same thing over and over and over. But May 3rd um, of this deals ex- uh, exactly where we need to be with intercession. And I'm talking about our own intercession for ourselves. 
So Ephesians 6.18, this is at the end of the um, spiritual uh, warfare, talking about spiritual warfare and the armor of God, and it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. As we go on in, in intercession, we, find, we may find that our obedience to God is going to cost other people more than we thought. The danger then is to begin to intercede in sympathy with those whom God has gradually uh, lifting, was gradually lifting to a totally different sphere in answer to our prayers. Whenever we step back from identification with God's interests in others into sympathy with others, the vital connection with God has gone. We have put our sympathy, our consideration for them in the way, and this is a deliberate rebuke to God. It is impossible to intercede vitally unless you are perfectly sure of God, and the greatest dis- dissipator of our relationship to God is personal sympathy and personal prejudice. Identification is the key to intercession. And whenever we stop being identified with God, it is by sympathy, not by sin. It is not likely that sin will interfere with our relationship to God, but sympathy will. Sympathy with ourselves or with others, which makes us say, I will not allow that thing to happen. Instantly, we are out of vital connection with God. When we say that we are going to intercede for ourselves and take over the reins of what God has decided designed for our lives, and we just say, we're not going there. We just disconnect from God's will. And that's what's called sin. That's what we do when we sin. We disconnect. And so you wonder, before I talked about praying, if we pray in the will of God for our own lives, will it be answered our prayers? Our, answers, our prayers will be answered. So in John 15, 7 through 8, It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The key is, we have to align ourselves with God's will. Not our personal will, not our personal desires, but if we align, our personal desires will become the same desires as what God wants. You know, sometimes in our, in our budgets, we talk about how we don't have any margin. I, I can't pay my bills. I can't do those things. Well, once you adjust your mindset, you all of a sudden understand. It, it's amazing how that changes and that flips. If anybody has done that in their lives where they've decided, I'm going to follow the plan. I'm going to give my tithe, but I don't know how this math is going to work. It's amazing how your bills change. And the ways that I'm talking about is, you know, I may have wanted a new car every four years, every two years, every five years, whatever. My wife's car is 10 years old this year. Mine's used and it's seven years old. It's a different desire. When I was in grad school, I bought a car every year. Different desire. New golf clubs. I'd love to have new golf clubs. My wife shakes her head, no, I have no new golf clubs. <laughs> but it's not necessary. It'd be nice. I mean, there, there's niceties in life. There's lots of niceties in life, but not necessities in life. You know, and um, there's a lot of things. But I'm not saying you, you, you put on sackcloth and, and give away everything. That's not also the other part of this giving. You have to be in God's will. God's will might not, 
might be to put, in, put on sackcloth and walk up and down the street and give away all your possessions. I just pray that you have the ability to do it, if that's what he says. I haven't heard that from my, my life yet. I'm not really, I'm hoping it's not that, but I'm okay. You know? So many times we plan our lives in front of God. And, not, and we, we, we expect God to catch up to us. I think that's why it took me three times in seminary in the last seven years. I kept going to seminary out of God, out of the wrong, in the wrong timing, just picking whatever school I felt like going to, trying to figure it out, trying to hurry the equation. And it wasn't the right timing. So, sometimes I find myself going, why didn't God come through for me? Why didn't God come through for me? Have you ever said that? Nobody? I'm the only one? Okay, my wife raised her hand, so she's probably talking about our wedding day. But um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, I had to get a drink. That's why I did that. So um, no, so I think we get we get this expectation that if we follow the rules, if we do these things, if we do 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 do, and we follow the regiment, that we'll get, or God will bless us according to our will and not His will. And that's where we get disappointment in God. And that's what we have to be careful of. We have to be careful that our will doesn't become the will that we focus on. It doesn't become the desires that we, we go after. You know, I mean, so many times it's been like, hey, why didn't I get that job I applied for? I, I mean, I, I applied. I should have gotten it. I'm awesome. You know? Why didn't I get it? Or why did I get an extra bill? I can't afford this bill. You know, why, 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 am I, why are my finances upside down? I've done everything right. I've given up going out to dinner. I've, done, I've been sacrificing all the way through. I don't know, sometimes you have to sell your house. You know, it's, it's crazy to think about what it takes to sacrifice sometimes because if your house becomes the idol, God doesn't want it there. If your lawn becomes your, the idol... I don't know. We have sprinkler systems now. Before, he just created drought and it wouldn't work. So, but you know, it's we have to we have to be careful that we're we're not putting our wills in front. And so, most of you guys like country, and it just always makes me think of Garth Brooks. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. I don't know if you remember that song or not. Google it if you haven't. I don't know how we ever survived without Google. We always had to go to the record shop and get the needle fixed and stuff. But, but you can Google anything. But, I mean, that's a, just a good reminder that we think we know what we want, but God has bigger plans for us. And that's, again, now I'm finally to Nick. I, mean, I went way out of order. But, uh, and he, he, his big thing was, yeah, he didn't give me arms and legs. But one thing he shared with us last night that I thought was hilarious, and I think it's great and it shows his faith, is he prays that God will give him arms and legs. And he knows that God has the ability to do it if he chooses. We've never seen it before, but people have broken necks, broken arms, you know, cancer. We see healing happen. It happens. So he's praying for it. 
And he's so confident, he owns a pair of shoes. He has a pair of shoes in his closet because he is standing in that. And if he doesn't get them, he never gets to fill those shoes here. He knows in his resurrected body he will. He knows. And he, I guess he set some world record, and I don't know if this is a joke or not, for hugging. Because he hugs with his neck. He's got two little stubs right here. You know, he points with them. It's pretty funny to, to see him in action. And, but he hugs with his neck, and he gives out hugs all the time to people. And he tells a story of this girl. He was at a high school, and he tells a story of this girl that she stopped him in the middle of his, she raises her hand and stops him in the middle of the thing and because he said, because you are children of God, I'm your sibling, and I love you. And she stopped him, came up to, asked if he could, she could get a hug from him during the middle of his deal. If anybody wants to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it was the first person. She was middle school. The first person in her life that ever said that they loved her. So he shared that he thinks broken homes, he thinks abuse, he thinks all of those things that happen are way worse than not having limbs. And he's probably right. At least for him, he's right. And it's amazing to see how that, I mean, it affected me so much to see someone in that situation that could use his self for good. He didn't just wallow in it. He didn't do the woe is me. He chose to make it good. Thousands and thousands of people every year. He's 33. Half a million people have given their lives to Christ when they've seen him. He's 33. It's amazing. And if only one person gives their life to Christ because of me, hallelujah. And even if it's not because of me, if I can just help push them along. And I don't even need to know, but I'm going to live for Christ so that others can know who he is. I got so much more, but I don't even know where to go at this point. Because, I mean, that's what it is. We have to, we have to live our lives for no one else other than Christ. We can't live our lives for our children, our parents, our spouses. We have to love Christ first. We get to love the others. But we have to love him first. And all the rest falls into place the way he designed it. The way he put it together so that you would be born on your date of birth. And he will use you until you get to meet him face to face. As long as you are willing to submit to him. Someday we'll get to the rest of that sermon. There's a lot of it there. And it, I didn't think I was going to have enough. But guess who showed up? The Holy Spirit. He fills it. So, <sighs> Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, and I just ask you to use the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way that people will just submit. Submit to who you are.
that you would allow us, you have already called us, and you ask us every day to go out and make disciples in this world. And we ask that you would start with us. First and foremost, that we would focus on you completely. We still have a lot of work that we need to do because you've asked us to do it. But give us the the strength, give us the ability. You haven't called us to anything we can't handle because of you. It's through your Son that we pray all of these things. Amen.